This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. to the Guna Tour, back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series, our Arsenal transfer show, our daily update of all of the Arsenal transfer information, where we give you guys all the latest info, get your thoughts and feelings in the chat box too, and try to make some sense of the chaos that has been going on. And there certainly has been some chaos today. I mean, the level of what we're talking about is just increasing by the day. And yesterday, it really did come to a head, to be honest, regarding, of course, William Saliba. We're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about all the other news that have dropped as well and get your thoughts and feelings too. If you have enjoyed the series or you're joining us for the first time, please do drop a like on the video to show your appreciation, I should say, for the support and for, of course, the work that goes into putting these shows on every single day for you guys. We've got some good stuff coming up. In the weeks ahead, as we approach pre-season, going to be doing plenty of breakdowns of Arsenal's performances and, of course, reacting to any transfer news that drops between now and the end of the window. Without further ado, let's kick off with our first story. Now, we're going to go in reverse order uh, this time. Of course, we usually talk about the possible outs and then we go through the possible ins. We're going to flip this and start with the outs and then we'll end on the headline acts of the show, which I know you all know what that is already. Um, Nuno Tavares, uh, the Portuguese left-back for Benfica, is en route or has even landed, we believe, now uh, in London. You know it's the transfer window when Arsenal fans start tracking flights, uh, and that is certainly the case. But his agent uploaded a picture of him on his private jet uh, approaching North London, ready for his transfer to Arsenal. Uh, and that appears like it's going to be uh, done very, very soon. So... It's, it's certainly, for me anyway, it's, it's a position where I want to be in that we know we've got these deals done. We know we're getting them in early. We know what we're going to sort out. And, and this getting done and getting that backup left-back sorted is, is ultimately a really good deal for Arsenal. Let's move on to the next one because there's not too much time to talk about Nuno Tavares because we know everything that's going on with it. But we move on to another player that we don't really know too much about what's going on and that it very much could happen any or either way so far. And that's Manuel Locatelli. Uh, the Italian midfielder, of course, is someone that we know is very, very much uh, on Arsenal's radar. He's a player that we know that Arsenal are very interested in and a player that 
could be at be in North London next season if and only if, of course, Juventus do not stump up the money that Sassuolo are asking for. It seems like that is very much his preference, the team that he wants to move to. And, and it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you're sitting there and you're going, right, I, I would love for players to want to join Arsenal, but I'm very well aware of the fact that where Arsenal currently are in the world of football right now, which is a lot lower than they have been in, in my entire uh, kind of Arsenal supporting life. And it's just a very odd situation um, to know that you're basically waiting on another club to find out if they'll stump up the money as to whether or not Sassuolo will sell him to you. But that does seem to be the situation that we find ourselves in with Manuel Locatelli, a, a player that is really, really highly rated, a fantastic talent, and ultimately would be a brilliant coup for the club to, to really get done. But we just don't really know whether or not it's it's going to happen because of the whole Juventus situation. And that means we're obviously sitting on a bit of a precipice right now and uh, and we move, but... <laughs> We, we we may be left waiting a little while. Italy, of course, still through to the European Championship semi-finals, and he believes he'll sort out his future after the tournament has concluded. So no movement's going to happen until then, at least. But it's just a bit of a weird situation for Arsenal waiting on whether or not another club goes for a player that is their preference. So we'll wait and see. Moving on to Piotr Zielinski, uh, the Napoli central midfielder. Now, yesterday we brought you the news that Arsenal are interested by him. And today we've heard news of a possible fee associated with him. And it's actually considerably lower than I thought it was going to be. £45 million is the price on Zielinski. Now, considering the fact he has a 80 to 90 million euro release clause uh, and that Napoli were practically saying that no one could ever get him for anything less than that release clause. The fact that it has dropped to that significant amount really genuinely is good news if Arsenal do indeed want to go for him. £45 million is very reasonable for the amount of quality that Zielinski will bring you. A brilliant attacking midfielder, someone that can play in multiple positions in the midfield as well. Really creative, loves to get in the box, loves to score a couple of goals here and there as well. Was he arguably, not even arguably, easily Poland's best player behind Lewandowski at the Euros as well. He is a fantastic talent and someone that I think would have a lot of quality to Arsenal's attacking midfield position. Whether or not Arsenal push for that £45 million figure is another question. But he certainly is a player that Arsenal are interested in. And for the price that he's now reportedly being available for is one that Arsenal should certainly consider. We go on to Sergio Ramos, now a player that I never really thought was going to be on uh, any of these shows. Um, of course, we knew that he was leaving Real Madrid this season. But it seemed very much like he was going to be going to PSG. And it still very much probably will be the case that he's going to go to PSG. But it hasn't stopped reports emerging that Arsenal have been asked, or rather they are asking, to, to keep tabs on this situation, to work out whether or not they could actually ever go for Sergio de Ramos. Do I want Ramos? I, you know, he's a brilliant player. He's a brilliant leader. He's a fiery character. Um, just, there's just something I feel like us going, I'm not sure we're learning, like, I know that these players that I'm going to name are nowhere at the same kind of level and have never won kind of the same kind of accolades as, as Ramos. But we think about your Williams, your David Luizes, the players that we signed towards the end of their careers that, you know, got, are almost really, really big wages. They're on the decline. They're only going to get worse. Do we want to bring in Ramos? It's it's a tricky one because he's, he's good. Uh, it would depend upon the contract length, I think, a lot. If it was a one-year deal, we've seen how well Thiago Silva's done at Chelsea. And, and obviously that, for me, is um, evidence that these things can work. And obviously we were linked to Thiago Silva 
last summer as well. And and a lot of us, including myself, were like, no, thank you. And then we've watched him go off to Chelsea and do really, really well. Would this be the same situation? It's impossible to, to give you an answer to that question. Um, so, yeah, we will wait and see whether or not um, <laughs> this happens. But uh, I would be highly doubtful of it anyway. So we probably won't even need to worry about it. Uh, let's move on to the last possible in, and that is, of course, Ben White. Now, this story does, of course, link into something we're going to talk about in a little bit uh, regarding Saliba. Um, but Ben White's deal to Arsenal with what's coming out um, regarding kind of uh, the Saliba situation with, with him probably going off on loan. That does really tell me that the club are confident of getting in a, a deal for Ben White or an alternative, of course, in that position. They want to bring someone in, in that role. They want to spend a lot of money on that position, and that's fair enough. I really hope we get this deal done. Ben White's a really, really brilliant talent and someone that the more I've watched of him, the more research I've done on him, um, I certainly, certainly have uh, really grown to, to like uh, this this prospect and to, to like this decision to go for a, a young, homegrown talent of Premier League quality that comes straight into the Arsenal team, that can play multiple positions, that's really good playing out from the back, that's got leadership qualities and already impressing so much that he's getting called up to the England national side. There is so much to like about this situation. And if it wasn't for Saliba, I think there'd be a lot of more people on uh, really supporting this idea too. But Saliba's situation does exist. And of course, we, we do need to think about that. Let's move on to the possible outs. Uh, we start off with Granite Xhaka, um, of course, eliminated from the European Championships after losing on penalties to Spain. Didn't play in the game because he was suspended. It was a really big shame to see some people um, on social media really throwing abuse his way still despite not even playing some people need to take a long hard look at themselves um but it does look like that this deal is going to get done now um with Roma or you know it could be Juventus but it does seem to be that it is going to be Roma and now that he's obviously finished his time at the Euros I'm sure he'll have some time for recovery and a holiday um but I think the deal will probably get done fairly soon now and we'll see Granite Jack and move on and Arsenal will then move for their central midfield target to come in on top of a uh, Lokonga that's already looking very likely that to be can be completed very soon as well. So it's good to get it done, good to get a situation kind of moved on from and then maybe oh, some Arsenal fans can stop sending his family abuse for a start and then maybe we could just move on to who we need to bring in as the next player to be that kind of leader in the midfield. And I hope it's a real quality player because we do need to replace someone that is, is, you know, is very influential in Arsenal's midfield. So fingers crossed we can get in a real top quality talent to replace him. Let's move on to the next one and the penultimate one, which is Matteo Genduzzi, who's moved to uh, Marseille, does look to be moving uh, again ever closer, as we use the words all the time. And he has uh, been kind of on the precipice of this move to Marseille for quite a while. Arsenal wanted a figure reportedly in the region of 20 million euros, which is just nowhere near what clubs are going to be willing to pay for him. Uh, and it does very much look like that the figure is going to be around the 10 to 12 million euro mark, which, you know, basically um, refunds us for the price that we paid Lorient for him when we bought him. Uh, he'll go to Marseille, he'll sign a long term contract and he'll try and prove uh, me and, and a lot of other people wrong. I wish him the best of luck. Um, and uh, I just hope he hasn't a bad influence on, on anyone else that may be going to Marseille that will just talk about it. In fact, we're going to talk about it right now because the big news of the day is, of course, regarding William Saliba. Um, the news broke yesterday courtesy of The Athletic's David Ornstein that he has picked uh, Marseille over a whole host of clubs 
to join on loan for next season. Now, he's not going to the Olympics, so he's going to be able to join them for a whole pre-season, uh, get that working, get that um, kind of transition time, that's at whatever, even if that's ever needed because he's spent so long in France now already, and play a full season of football away elsewhere. Um, that's the news. Let's talk about the actual situation and the reaction um, that happened yesterday. Uh, to, obviously, this is going to be a story which caused a hell of a lot of drama on the socials yesterday, and it certainly did. I was out for most of yesterday evening. I only got back late to see the story and react quite late, and I put a few tweets out that you may have seen over at the Guna Talk TV on Twitter. Um, and initially, my initial reaction was, of course, frustration. Um, that was my initial feeling because I was hoping when it was confirmed that he wouldn't be going to the Olympics, uh, that he would be getting back for pre-season, that it would be, you know, integrating into the squad, playing with the first team, getting a chance to show what he's about. That was my first thought was was frustration because um, obviously we want to see this guy play. We want to know what he's about. We want to see him given a chance. And, and that's not going to be the case. So the first emotion was certainly frustration. Then we were able to add a few discussions, talking the WhatsApp group over at TGT, was reading through some of the comments on the Discord server and some self-reflections were about kind of how we see this situation with, with Saliba. Now, when I think about it, if you think about the seasons that he's played so far, 18-19, the year before, uh, the year that we... Uh, we signed him at the end of that season, played 16 games uh, for Saint-Etienne in, in, in Liga, coming off the bench on three of those. Um, we obviously then signed him at the end of that season in 1920. He went back on loan and played 12 games, uh, coming off the bench once in those fixtures. And that season in Liga was obviously cut short because of the pandemic and the French uh, Football Federation decided to to cut short the, the Liga season and it finished very much prematurely. They had no project restart and they didn't finish their season. Uh, and so he ended up only playing 12 games that year. He comes back. Um, there's a big controversy with the, with the French Cup final, of course. Uh, and from what I was aware that I reported over at 101 as an exclusive was that um, things went pretty poorly behind the scenes and the club reacted to his behavior very badly and they weren't very impressed by it. And so if that had an effect on the little amount of game time he was given in pre-season and at the start of the season and then eventually going into the under 23s, uh, we don't know. There was also the situation at the end of the transfer window in, in 2020 that a deal with Wren was pretty much sorted. That He was meant to go and join Wren on loan and then Wren, at the final moments, uh, decided to choose Daniele Rugani from Juventus instead. They brought in the Italian. And Saliba was left on the final day of the window uh, with pretty much nothing. Now, there was, as we are told, uh, a loan offer from Saint-Étienne. Now, this is the little bit of the confliction that goes on between reports because according to Saint-Étienne and Claude Puel, who was the coach at the time, uh, saying that effectively uh, Arsenal had mucked them about. But... With the situation with Wren and that that was meant to be the place they were going to that he was going to go to, that kind of messed up the whole end of the situation. Now the the, the window went on in England beyond uh, that period of time, and he could have gone on loan to a Championship club. He didn't for whatever reason. Maybe it was his choice. Maybe it was club's choice. But that's something we don't know. Um, and now we find ourselves after six months of playing uh, in the under twenty threes, very frustratedly. 
He then went to Nice on loan where he played 20 Liga games um, for Nice, starting pretty much all of them. He was only on the bench a couple of times. And, or I think he wasn't, in, he wasn't in the squad a couple of times of those 20 games. But I mean, over the last two, over the last three seasons, he's not had a full season um, playing anywhere. He hasn't played uh, a full league season at any club uh, that he's been with. And that is a problem. Um, that is a big issue because if you want to see what he's capable of, if you want to see what he's about, if you want to know if he's good enough for the team, can you do that based upon a limited uh, kind of range of fixtures? And, and the answer is it's, it would be difficult to do that. Um, if you think about the fact he's played in the, across the last two seasons, less than one full season of games, and that is a problem. He's also suffered with his injury problem. Did he have a good loan spell at Nice? Yes, he did. He had a really good loan spell at Nice. He had uh, some really good performances. He looked competent. He looked like he was at the level required to play at least in Liga. Uh, and did really well alongside uh, Claire de Tudibo, uh, Jean-Claire Tudibo, the uh, Barcelona uh, loanee at the time. He's come back now and Arsenal have got a lot of centre-backs. <laughs> we've got Rob Holding, we've got Gabriel, we've got Marie, we've let go of David Luiz, we've let go of Mavropanos. And they look like there could have been a spot available in the right centre-back position, maybe for Saliba to come in. And now... Arsenal look like they're going to go out and spend £50 million on a centre-back, which I'm fine with because I'm completely in support of Arsenal being ruthless with the squad and upgrading it as much as possible, wherever possible. Uh, if you've got the opportunity to do it and it's right, go and upgrade the squad. Um, and therefore, next season, Saliba would have been a backup. Saliba would have been uh, a player that would have been coming off the bench at times, played in the cup games, maybe given a game here and there. Uh, and I'm not okay with that. In reflection, I'm not all right with that. I'm not so desperate to see him that I'm willing to just, you know, have him as a bench option. I'm not so desperate to see him that a low move isn't good for a whole season. I get the anger. I really do. So much so. And there's so much anger about the situation that, I mean, I was sent quite a bit of abuse yesterday on social media. And I genuinely mean that. The amount of see you next Tuesday comments that got thrown my way just because I don't agree with an opinion. And you know what we build as a community here at TGT is about respect, respecting each other's opinions and being open to having an opinion no matter what it is. But the fact that there is so much anger and so much hatred towards fellow Arsenal fans over a player that has never played for the club is a joke in itself. And I do feel that the way the club have treated him or have treated the situation maybe rather than treated him specifically, but treated the situation has, yes, it's been a joke. I'm sorry, a lot of the reaction is as embarrassing as how the treatment of the player has been at times. For a player that's never played for us, he has an incredible hold over the emotions of a lot of our fan base. Yes, we want to see him. So do I. I want to see him play consistently. I want to see him play and be given the best opportunity to prove himself at Arsenal. Is he going to do that this season if Arsenal sign a £50 million centre-back? No. So send him on loan, get him a whole season, a full pre-season somewhere, a whole season to play every single game and prove to Mikel Arteta, who, yes, maybe has an issue with him, and that's his thing. He was signed under a different coach. It is what it is. Give him a full season to prove himself. Come back after 21-22, and if he's not right then, then we have to turn around. And then that is the time when we know 100% that it was never, ever going to work out. But... I want to see him playing every single week. And he's not going to do that at Arsenal. 
um, this season. It's just not going to happen. Uh, and I feel like for a 20-year-old to have this much <laughs> kind of pressure and expectation to be starting games just because someone wrote that he was the next Moran, he's played less than two full, he's less played less than a full season of football in, across two seasons, is not enough for you guys to, to lose your minds, <laughs> which is what is certainly happening. Now, let's address the actual loan thing, which is the thing that I do have a problem with. I have a problem with the fact that Saliba is going to France again. That is a problem. Now, there are two schools of thought with this. One, why on earth are the club letting him choose where he wants to go? For me, he's your player. For me, you should be guiding him in the right direction. Sure, you can't force a player to go where they don't want to go. But if, you, if he doesn't want to go to the place that the club feels is best for him, then sell him. He's not going to follow. He's not going to do what you're the guidance you're giving him. If he's not going to a club that you're giving him guidance to go to, and what you as your employee is wanting to go to, then sell him. That's what I don't get about that situation. That's really strange. Why the club is letting that influence them, and that's on the club. That's not Saliba's fault. Like if the club have let him pick where he goes, that's on Arteta. That's on Edu. That's on the executives picking that decision because that's ridiculous. That's I, I can't get I can't wrap my head around the idea of the player choosing, especially when it makes no sense to go back to France again. Send him to a Premier League club where he's going to get minutes, going to get week week in week out football. Which at clubs like Newcastle, clubs like Southampton, which is the clubs that have been interested in him, is going to happen. Saliba is far and away, and from what I've seen of him, going to get into teams above the likes of Lascelles, above the likes of who else they've got with Shah, etc. Shah is obviously a good player, but I still think playing in that back three or the back two or whatever the system they choose to play, he will be able to get into that team. Southampton as well, playing alongside Bednarak is certainly something with Vestergaard can get into maybe playing into that team. I, it just frustrates me, that situation. However, what annoys me on the other side, so we've, we've said that the, the criticism of the club side, the criticism of Saliba is that if he's picked a French club. That's what I'm disappointed about. I'm disappointed that he himself has supposedly picked the easy option. He's picked the route of least resistance. He's picked what he's comfortable with. He's picked a place where he's going to be comfortable and he's going to be completely fine. He's not going to learn any of the culture of playing in England or what it'd be like for playing uh, in the Premier League. He's going to go to Liga again. That that is a problem for me. Like that, if it's down to him and he's picked that, then I have questions about the decision making there. I really do, because for me, he should have. If it was up to him, which I don't think it shouldn't have been, I think it should, and that's on the club for not for not making their their point heard on whatever it was. But he should be going to a Premier League club to get that experience, get that culture change, and assimilate the best way possible. It's been handled horrifically. The whole situation is a joke. And to be honest, there is probably a lot of things, and this is all allegedly, obviously, but there's probably a lot of things that have gone on behind the scenes when he signed involving Raul, involving the club, involving the whole of that transfer because it stinks. It absolutely stinks. It's, <laughs> and, and We probably will never know. Um, probably will never know um, what went down with the club and what happened when we signed him. Um, but for me... The club has got to be held accountable for the decision-making that's gone on throughout Saliba's career because it's been ridiculous. And 
he needs to be have some criticism if it is true and only if it's true if he has chosen not to go to a Premier League side on loan this season. That that is a real shame. A real, real shame. Um, so yeah. I think you need to have a balanced view when you look at it. I think there are uh, a lot of fingers to point towards the club, but I do think um, I do think it's a situation where the, the, the player there are obviously issues. <laughs> there are some issues that, that are going on there as well, but the, the the main bulk of the blame is always going to go towards the club with this situation. But it's not for me a case of one or the other. Far from it. There is there's certainly elements that have gone wrong on both sides um and so that it's it's probably going to be that it never works out it's probably going to be that he'll come back in next summer and be sold that's probably my prediction is that he's going to get sold next summer that's that's where i can see this going i hope it doesn't happen i hope he smashes it at marseille if he goes there i hope he comes back and proves arteta if he is still the coach completely wrong uh and gets into the team but the fact of the matter is i want to see him play and he wasn't going to do that at Arsenal this season. That's, that's for sure. He wasn't going to get into Arsenal season. But one of the main things that I think this situation has obviously shown is uh, a fair few people who you should block on social media. <laughs> that's certainly one of them because the reaction has practic- frantically been classless by a lot of people. Um, and uh, it's, it's one where I think that a player that's never played a single minute for, for Arsenal... It's, it's crazy how much power that has over the club. It's, it's it's absolutely mental. So we will see how this changes. We will see how it moves. And I've spent a lot of time talking about this, obviously, and I do want to get some of your thoughts and feelings in the chat box. Um, but let's let's do that. Let's let's see what you guys are saying about uh, Saliba and see what you guys have got to say about this whole situation. Uh, JD says, I don't want any over any rated or overhyped. Uh, big signings. I want Liverpool's contract negotiators and Leicester's scouts. Everything else will take care of itself. And hopefully, Arsenal this summer are going to show us that they can um, sign some decent players. They can make some good decisions uh, because hopefully this summer is going to be an opportunity to see um, Arsenal make some good decisions in the market. And from what we're hearing, it sounds good. From what we're hearing about the targets we're linked to, it sounds good. But at the moment, there's nothing. There's just talk. There's just words. There's just reports. We don't know anything as of yet. Um, Shiro says, does he fear not impressing at a Premier League club, not playing in Europe, what Southampton, Newcastle do, uh, and being benched for half a season? Um, I, I I don't think it's about fear. I just think it's about... He knows it's, it's France is comfortable for him. Um, I think that's probably an element of it. I think that France is, is a place that he knows he's going to perform because he's performed there before. And he's kind of guaranteeing himself for, uh, you know, he's guaranteeing himself a situation whereby he's going to get minutes. and He's going to be in a situation whereby he's going to play. And so, therefore, why not stay in France? <laughs> I know the answer. It's because you should be going to a Premier League club and assimilating and getting minutes and, and you know, having a bit of a culture change. Rich Cosford says, Tom, if Arteta went, do you think Saliba uh, would get a chance next season or is it a club over all Edu and co that don't like it? Um, no. I think if Emery was still the coach, he might be getting a chance because he was signed under Emery. Um, if it was another coach coming in, there's no way we can know. 
Like there's absolutely no chance we can know whether or not they would want him playing, whether they would like him, whether they would think he's ready. Um, there's no way of knowing that. Um, I feel like if Emery was still the coach, he probably would have been given a chance. Etta doesn't Arteta doesn't seemingly rate him. Um, doesn't seemingly think he's good enough. Doesn't think he's. I mean, if he did, we wouldn't be going for a fifty million pound centre back because we've got a thirty million pound young one that's not getting any chances. Uh, Dan, yes, of course, of course, it's coming up. It's not even a question at this stage. Um, uh, Yamama says, uh, "Does Arsenal sending Saliba to Marseille uh, with Genduzi show the club is cutting their losses? Uh, surely you wouldn't want to keep your young players away from negative influences if you saw a future in them. I mean, from the sounds of it, he's picked Marseille. That is, it shows a really weak kind of in me a weak mentality from the club to not really step in and." and really guide them towards a Premier League one. Because if, if, if he's not going to be... If it's a case where the Premier League clubs have made themselves available, the club have gone, look, we want you to move to a Prem team. And he's gone, no, I don't want to go to a Premier League team. Then sell him. Because if you don't want to go to a Premier League team now, you're never going to want to play for Arsenal, are you? You're never going to play in the Premier League for us. So just move on. If you've, if you've not enjoyed your time, which I wouldn't blame him for because it's been tumultuous, it really has, then just sell him. Like, it doesn't make any sense to keep hold of the asset at this point. There's plenty of clubs that will buy him. Plenty of clubs that will buy him. Loads of clubs out there that are interested in him. So I don't think we'd have any trouble in selling him, and, and even for a decent price. So it's, it's just a really awful situation. Uh, and by the way, David Ornstein did confirm yesterday that there are there is no info about a new contract out there. There is nothing genuine about a new contract. Um, so uh, any reports that you've seen from some questionable accounts is is not true. There's nothing regarding a new contract. Uh, Kanks Kev, much appreciate the comment, mate. Really do. Uh, but I do agree with you. If, if we don't now sign White, it, the club would look ridiculous. Ridiculous. Absolutely. Stephen Andrews says, Tom, how many transfer shows do you think you'll do until we announce a player that upgrades our starting eleven? Stephen, I have absolutely no idea, but probably quite a while. <laughs> probably... Quite because even if we sign Nuno Tablo Edge, um, he's he's not going to upgrade the eleven. If we sign Laconga, he doesn't upgrade on on the starting eleven just yet. He has the potential to, but uh, not right now. Uh, ben White is going to be seemingly the first one if we do end up pulling that off. So could be still some time away, Stephen. Some time away indeed. Uh, MZ says Arteta doesn't rate most young players. If it wasn't for injury, he wouldn't play the likes of Willian uh, week in week out. I mean, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, we, we brought in Emil Smith-Rowe. He was playing him in the Europa League games to get him up to full fitness again and then brought him into the starting lineup. He's played Bukayo Saka from the start. He's played Gabriel Martinelli towards the end of the season. I think he should have been given more minutes, Martinelli. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it's a, a bit of an overblown opinion, to be honest, about Arteta not really rating young players. I think that if you play lots of young players, um, then you risk not reaching the targets that you want to reach. I mean, at the end of the day, how many young players do you see? And I mean, young, I mean, genuinely, like 21 and under players playing in the top, top teams pushing for Europe. The answer is, is not too many. Not too many at all. So you've got to find, you've got to find a balance. You've got to find a situation where, yes, you give minutes to these young guys, but you can't play all your kids because you're never going to be able to get into the right into the right positions of where you want to go. Now, I do think, and I do have sympathy for the view that he's played way too much of some players, like Willian, etc. But I don't agree with the point that he doesn't rate young players. I mean, if, if that was the case, why on earth would a Balogun sign the new deal? 
Why on earth would have Martinelli and Saka signed a new deal? Like, it's crazy. I mean, this, I, I just can't buy into that view. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Katie says, Arteta doesn't rate most young players. True. Smith-Rowe only played because Willian got injured. Martinelli barely played. Oh, I mean, Emil Smith-Rowe came off the bench against Everton in the, in the game before against Chelsea, then played in the game against Chelsea, and then was trusted. So when Willian came back, didn't play him over Smith-Rowe, kept on playing him. And guess what? When Erdegaard came in, you know, a, a number 10, a player that plays in Emil Smith-Rowe, did Emil Smith-Rowe get kicked from the team? No, he, he actually found a way of fitting both Emil Smith-Rowe and Erdegaard into the same team. So it's just, it's just, I just don't agree with it. It's just, I just think it's wrong. Uh, so Hill says, Tom, uh, didn't the agent of the club meet? I presume the decision to send him on loan is amicable. If it isn't amicable, then his agent should be pushing for a move to another loan. Who knows, Hill? We don't know. We, honestly, at this moment in time, we just don't know. You'd imagine that they came to an agreement about wanting to go to Marseille. I think that if it's down to him picking Marseille over a Premier League team, I have criticisms of Saliba. However, I have criticisms of the club allowing that situation to happen and not pushing a Premier League destination more because that's that should have been what happened. Um, Clem said, let's say White is an Arsenal player, Tom. Uh, who do you get rid of between Saliba holding and Marie? Well, I mean, Marie's on the left-hand side, so you're not, he's our backup to Gabriel, so you're not getting rid of him. You've got holding uh, and you've got Saliba. Saliba's going on low, so it's pretty much decided for ourselves. Um, and to be honest, I don't really want Saliba being a backup. Um, I'd rather Saliba was playing week in, week out. He's barely, he hasn't had a full season the last three seasons that he's been in, in football. He's played, what, 12, 16 games, 12 games and 20 games in the last three league seasons. He needs a full season under his belt and he's not going to get that at Arsenal this season. So, you know, get him a full season playing elsewhere. There you go. Uh, Faris says, a lot, uh, Mbappe, Holland, Mount, Foden. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> let's, let's just pause for a second. Um, Mbappe is the best, along with Holland, young player in the world. We can't compare Saliba to Mbappe. <laughs> and Mbappe is 22, by the way. He's not 20 anymore. He's not a kid. And he's played the full season every last few seasons. Erling Haaland, too, has played a full season for Dortmund in a well, season and a half now. He went to Salzburg, played a full year there from January of 2019 to January of 2020. Full year playing in the Champions League, scoring week in, week out. Mason Mount is... How old's Mason Mount? Let's have a look. How old is Mason? Is he like 21, 22? Let's have a look. How old is he? 22. He's 22 as well. So he's two years in his development ahead of Saliba. Phil Foden is the only young player, really genuine only young player, which is my point, playing for Man City. So thank you for uh, legitimising that. Bellingham is obviously playing alongside the likes of Jaden Sancho in a very young Dortmund team playing in a league in the Bundesliga where a team like Dortmund can afford to play more young players. You can't do that in the Premier League. You can't fill your team with kids because the level of competitiveness in the Premier League is so much greater than that of the Bundesliga. So you just can't do that. It's just a different ball game. Pedri at Barcelona. I mean, if you look through the Barcelona team, that's a, a team full of experienced players and arguably something they need to move on. And Pedri is the only real kid that's been playing other than the likes of the centre-backs because they've had such big injury problems. So again, my point was, is that you don't tend to see more than one or two real kids playing in these top teams, as you've just proven. So thank you, Faris. 
Uh, Manuel says, uh, where does this narrative come from? Arteta is not going to lean on a 20-year-old Saliba with half of a season of experience to save his job. Come on, guys. Uh, man like Mo says, get rid of Holding. He's average. I think that obviously if you were able to get a good fee for Rob Holding, you'd obviously take it. Um, but it doesn't seem like that is going to happen. But again, even if you get rid of Holding, Saliba then fills that role to the £50 million signing as a backup. And I want them playing week in, week out. Uh, Tiger M says Leicester bought Fafana in uh, and he was going to be a backup centre-back until Soyuncu got injured and he got a chance. Why not copy Leicester? They know what they're doing. I mean, what you said there is exactly it. I mean, if Soyuncu doesn't get injured, Fafana doesn't get the same amount of minutes this season. They brought in Soyuncu uh, the season before last and he, he didn't really get too many minutes. He was playing behind the likes of Evans, of course, and... He wasn't getting too many opportunities to play. This season, Soyuncu is the main starter, or rather last two, sorry, the last two seasons, Soyuncu's been their main starter. The season before the last two seasons, the season he joined from Freiburg, didn't really get too many minutes, was kind of on the periphery and then got a few minutes here and there. Last two seasons, he's been fully integrated and playing alongside Evans. They bring in Fafana. They had major injury problems, which meant Fafana then got minutes and smashed it. Fair play to it. You've got to say, the only real kids playing that position in the whole of the Premier League, by the way, especially in the top half of the table. It's very rare you see 20-year-old centre-backs in the Prem come in and, and, and really smash it. That's not to say that Saliba wouldn't. It's just very rare that it happens. And the thing is, is that when it comes down to Arsenal, there's no... I mean, Holding, he's obviously had a big injury, this big knee injury, but he's come back. He's not had any issues since then. So he's been playing consistently. And he's been giving you six or sevens out of ten each week. So if he come, if if he goes, Saliba comes in, Ben White's going to be coming in and playing that that position. You'd imagine you're not going to pay fifty million quid for a centre back and not play him. That's that's for sure. So why would you risk losing minutes on Saliba's development? Why not give him a full season somewhere where he can play? That's. I just have my questions are mainly now about where he's gone. We will be discussing this on Monday. I'm doing a podcast on Monday. It's one of the first podcasts of the new season with Drew and John and Owen, so make sure you tune in for that one. Uh, Tim Jallo says, thoughts on Saliba for the footballer, a Premier League loan is better. The young human who recently lost his parents might rather be in France, uh, close to his family. Arsenal respects that and see him long term. Look, obviously, that's a very, very sensitive situation, as we know. Um, and it's very difficult to comment on a situation like that. In my view, purely looking from a footballistic standpoint, I feel that he should have gone to a Premier League team, get into the culture of English football, get that year under your belt playing the Premier League and then move into the Arsenal team a lot more seamlessly. It's going to be a big challenge after three years of French football to come in. I mean, Gabriel managed to do it for a brief amount of time in the first half of the season. Second half of the season, Gabriel really fell away. And that will come from the rigours of playing in the Premier League week in, week out. It is a difficult ask for someone to come in and play week in, week out. And very rarely do you get instances like Bruno Fernandes where they really do hit the ground running and really do manage to come in and absolutely smash it. So that, that's the disappointment for me. Um, do, 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 Manuel, yes, it's, it, is, it is difficult to stay calm, Manuel. It is, it is really difficult because at the end of the day, this is a very volatile situation. A lot of Arsenal fans really want to see Saliba, as do I, want to see him playing for Arsenal Football Club. We spent a lot of money on him at a time where we could have spent that money on other positions that really needed 
addressing. We didn't. We spent it on a promising kid that hasn't played for two seasons, now going to be going on three seasons for Arsenal. Really frustrating. Add that into the point where you've got a fan base that has a selection, and I don't mean everyone, a selection of very abusive, very volatile, very hyperbolic fans. And when they are very in the way of abusing anyone that disagrees with them, it can be a very difficult situation, obviously. So stay as calm as you can and, and you know, try to remain as level-headed and as respectful as we can because we're just, at the end of the day, you should just be blocking people anywhere that you see uh, abusing anyone. So that's, there you go. Um, Answer says, let's not forget uh, he's only a kid. Uh, he'll have time to integrate into the league. And we say that. He has two years left on his deal. Um, two years left on his deal uh, after the end of the season. I'm hoping that there might be an extension. That's the only real thing that um, we can hope for in, in his long-term view is that there's an extension on this because that's, that's going to be a real, real problem um, if he doesn't get the extension and we find ourselves dropping in even more value. Uh, Alan says, Tom, did you hear about the Willian deal collapsing? He asked for double of the wages of Inter Miami and he can show his good stats last year of five assists. Yeah, it just doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Timothy says it's because uh, the club has hyped him up in terms of PR. If he's if he is the next Varane and Virgil, now I do agree that the club have made mistakes in their promotion of him. Now he was, if you remember, he was included in the uh, video for the away kit of last season. Uh, I think he was one of the portraits. That is. That's manipulative to the tenth degree because obviously the club knows how much fans want to see him play and they have to sign off on these videos before you turn around and say it's the manufacturers they have to sign off on this sort of stuff that you can't the manufacturers just can't just produce a video whatever they like with the players or whatever they like has to be okayed and to, to put him in a kit reveal video to give fans hope that they might see him this season that's not okay like that is hyping up so timothy a hundred percent the the club do indeed have to take some um, 100 have to take the responsibility for that kind of the, the hyping up of the player amongst the fan base because they certainly haven't helped that whatsoever. Uh, CA says, Tom, uh, Chelsea sent Zuma on loan to Stoke uh, and Everton before he came into their squad. That's what big teams do. Ironically, Zuma, of course, also came from Saint-Etienne. Uh, the only fear Saliba will come back with two years left on his contract, and that is a problem. Zuma took ages before he really. Uh, and even then, like he played for a season, I think, under Conte. He, he went, went on loan again, and then he came back, and he's played a bit under um, Frank Lampard. Thomas Tuchel's come in, not really fancied him, because I think Frank Lampard preferred Zuma to Rudiger, and then obviously Tuchel's come in and changed those two rounds. But Chelsea have a lot better centre-backs than we do uh, at the moment. So but it's it's crazy how much emphasis is put on a 20-year-old. It's, it is crazy. Um, Adam says, what happened to the old age of you're good enough, you're old enough? Saliba needs to be playing Premier League football this season. I agree with you, Adam, and I think he should have gone alone to a Premier League team. I just can't can't work out why. Um, DN says, I have to stop juggling players. Sign players that will come in and play for you, not other squads. Developing is for the academy and reserves. Now, it's about a balance, DN, at the end of the day, because... Clubs will sign young players and send them out on loan. Chelsea have done it very well to make money and to get players in like Tamori, who they've now made a lot of money from, and Mason Mount, who's starting for them as well. And of course, Kurt Zuma is another good example of that as well. They've also made a lot of money from selling a lot of players they brought in from a young age. So 
it's you, you should you should still bring in young players you should still send them out online you should develop them um but what i would say is when you spend the amount of money that we spent on saliva if you were going to spend money on a center back that you want to send on loan for three seasons i wouldn't have said i wouldn't have spent that amount of money on him however Obviously, we didn't know the issues of the pandemic at the time that we bought him. We probably thought he was going to get a full season at Saint-Étienne and then come into the Arsenal team. That didn't happen. Then we had the whole mess up of the situation where he was loaned last season and then he went on loan eventually in January and played 20 very decent games. So it's 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 a really, it's been a horrible, horrible, horribly handled situation. It really has. Um, Tim says, respect uh, for being so level-headed, Tom. I like to think Arsenal are trying to get the best out of every player, which whatever way that's done, you know, I hope they are, but I, I don't think they're being too successful, Tim. Uh, we as fans know so little of what's going on behind the scenes, although some some ITKs would like to tell you otherwise. Uh, Andy says, this is just the beginning, guys. We will see another comedy show with Numo Tavarej. I'm hoping he proves me wrong because I have so many reservations about the kid. I really, really do. Hi, Tom. What's your thoughts about Miguel Aziz? Uh, I think he needs a loan. Ah, <laughs> uh, the irony, right? <laughs> I think he needs a loan. You send him out on loan. He's been playing in the academy, doing really well, playing for the England youth sides as well. Send him out on loan, get him some opportunities. I think that's probably the right place for him. Timothy says, uh, where the hell are the Cronkies? They should be speaking on this situation. I mean, no. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think they should. Uh, it's not really that. That's not what the owners come out and speak. Have you ever seen... Roman Abramovich come out and speak on Kurt Zuma's loan situation? No, it's, it doesn't happen, I'm afraid. I know that you feel that the Cronkies should be more vocal, but I want them to be more vocal in general, not about a, a loan deal. Um, so I, it's not a realistic view. Owners don't speak out really very rarely on, on the, the loan situations of players. It's very, very rare that happens. Uh, Raman says, shouldn't we wait to sign Whites? Why are we in a hurry to send him on loan? Um I'd, I'd hope, Rahman, it's because they're expecting that deal to get done. That's that's what I'm hoping um, it's going to be. And by the way, the loan's not done yet. Like, he hasn't actually gone to Marseille. He supposedly picked Marseille. Now the clubs need to sort out a deal. So we need to wait on that one for, for starters. We don't actually know whether or not he's going to be going to Marseille. That just seems to be the most likely destination at the moment. Liv Fitz says, Arteta is ruining our young players. That's why... Makai Saka's um, in the England squad and Smith Rowe's had a really, really good six months. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just, I just don't really agree. <laughs> Gonna get better, says, I don't think Saliba's going on loan. I reckon we are playing three at the back next season, left to right. Uh, Kieran Tini, left wing back. Gabriel Saliba, white, right wing back to be announced. Hence, defensive signings. Um if we are going through at the back, then I'll support it. I, I think it's got scope. I think it could work. I think there's obviously a lot more attacking potential in the, in the back four. We'll wait and see. We will wait and see. Uh, Fuo Ban says, please justify Ben White's price for a 22-year-old that somehow uh, has a mountain of experience from one season. I, obviously, I'm hyperbole on that. He's had a very good season. The Leeds a very good season. Uh, Brighton, he's young, 23-year-old, by the way, um, and is an England international playing in the Premier League as a centre-back, which is a position which is highly coveted. Uh, and when you see players like Maguire going for 80 million quid, uh, and you see players of that level going for that amount of money, that's the going rate for an English homegrown centre-back in the Premier League of really good experience. 
Um, already playing for Leeds and Brighton too and have done well in both areas of the versatility that he can provide, the consistency he provides, the, the nothing in, no injuries to speak of. Um, yeah, that's the price. That's the pay. That's what you do for, for those English homegrown. I mean, we saw the other day that Holding's been linked with a £30 million move. So, yeah, that's how much they cost. So you shouldn't be surprised at that whatsoever. Uh, Tiger Evans says, the youngsters are the only uh, players who didn't let Arteta down last season. Been off the likes of Willian and Bellerin and give the youngsters a chance. Um, Arsenal Academy Ultras says, how is Ben White worth over football? Well, we just, we just talked about it. So uh, that's 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 what they go for. That's the going rate of young English centre-backs. Uh, that's that's what they, of that level, that's what it goes for. Uh, Timothy Lowell says, how many games has Ben White played in his career? Well, as a 20, was it 23? Let's have a look. Oh, by the way, appearances don't qualify quality. Just, just for that. I mean, I did. You, I saw a really. Uh, someone tweeted me yesterday saying that Saliba's played more Liga games than Gabriel, as an argument to say that Saliba should be playing over Gab. I don't understand. The, I don't. I can't fathom how that's an argument. Like, it's just because Saliba's played more Liga games than Gabriel. It doesn't mean anything. Like, it doesn't mean a thing. You look at the performances. Look at their actual performances. That's how you judge a player on how good their defending is, how good their passing is, how competent they are, their leadership skills, why they're getting called up for international squads at a senior level. That's what you judge players on. That's, that's why you judge players of that level. You don't judge it based on how many minutes they've played for a certain club or in a certain league. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's just not how it works. But anyway, on Ben White, speaking of appearances, um, he's played 36 Premier League games, um, 3,196 minutes, uh, and he's played 46 championship games so far. So 36 Premier League games uh, for a 23-year-old. Uh, it turns 24 in October, and you'd imagine we'll get another full season under his belt as well. And has obviously played... I mean, the Leeds fans could not speak more highly of him if they tried. Um, so they, it is funny, isn't it? How like people are writing off Nuno Tavares um, because, and I'm one of them, because of the words we hear from the experts that have spoken about him. Benfica fans telling us that Nuno Tavares is is not good enough. He's not a good player. Blah 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 blah. Leeds fans and Brighton fans have nothing bad to say about Ben White. In fact, they speak absolutely glowingly about Ben White. But because Saliba exists, no, don't want Ben White, not good enough, not good enough. English, young, don't like him, not interested. The hypocrisy is on a different level. It's just, it's insane. And it doesn't surprise me because we've had it for years. It absolutely had it for years. Um, Liv Fitz says, you speak as if he made him the player he is. Uh, Saka was Unai Emery's project. Smith Rowe is not putting out a 10 most games like Foden does. All you are doing is justifying our stupid decisions. Uh, Stephen Andrews says, Erdogan hasn't changed his Insta picture uh, from him in an Arsenal shirt. Could this mean he's signing? Oh, Stephen. <laughs> oh, Stephen. Uh, Instagram and the ways in which it tells us about players' futures. We love it. We love it, don't we? Uh, yours says, could Tavares turn into a Lukaku type kind of thing? I don't know. You'd have to tell me what you mean. Uh, you're about Lukaku kind of thing. Um, yeah, you, who knows? Um, who knows if he could turn into a, a, a 
Lukaku, I don't know what you mean. So there you go. Uh, Manu, a man like Mo says, why aren't we linked uh, with any right backs? Uh, because Bellerin's still here. That's, that's pretty much it. We've got three right backs at the club at the moment. Bellerin, Chambers, Cedric. Um, and so I think that's, that's why you're not seeing any links to right backs. When we sell Bellerin, then you may see some. Um, but we have seen some. They've just been quite lightly uh, linked with the club so far. Um, Yamama says, uh, I've seen uh, Leeds and Brighton fans say they think Ben White be worth 100 million in a couple of seasons, potentially be captain of the England squad. I think that might be a bit of a stretch, but I mean, we spoke to Jeremy White, who said he's got world class potential in his words. So, you know, there we'll see if that's uh, we'll see if that's the case. Uh, Kevin says, uh, Tom, do you have any idea who will be our number 10 next season? I imagine the player that we look to bring in, I don't know who it's going to be, Kevin, um, but I imagine it's going to be that player. Uh, Your says, as in fans want uh, him out because they think he's terrible, but then he comes good and he's good. Obviously, your that can happen with any player. It could happen with Nuno Tevarej. It could happen with Genduzi. It could happen with Saliba. We don't know. Um, we don't know. Obviously, it's it's all speculative at the moment. Clem, I wish they were, but we've heard absolutely nothing about Cedric maybe leaving. Which right back would you uh, sell? Obviously, I would. I'd sell uh, Cedric and, and Bellerin. They're the two that I would let go, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, nonchalant says Libra is not as good as Ben White at the moment, in my opinion. Uh, nonchalant, you don't have to apologize, <laughs> it's your opinion, you're entitled to it. I might disagree with opinions, but you're entitled to saying them. Uh, I'm not going to kick you off the show for having an opinion, mate. So, never apologize for your view. Uh, KD says, What do you think of Arsenal scouting? Uh, what do you think of Edu as technical director? I think that this summer will define Edu as a technical director. I think this is the summer, I think he's done some good stuff. I think he's done some very questionable stuff. The Saliba situation is one of those questionable things. January was good, sporting two good players, uh, got out a lot of the deadwoods, and obviously the, the big mistake in January was not bringing in a backup left back. In the summer, we got on Thomas Partey, huge deal. Never thought Arsenal would have Thomas Partey on their books. Massive deal that we managed to get done. Persuaded him to come to the club. Um, we've obviously seen Gabriel come in. We signed two very key positions for Arsenal, something that the previous executives were never able to really sort out centre-back and centre-midfielder. We went and got them. However, we've had Williams, we've had Runnison's, we've had these types. This summer for me is the tipping point. This summer for me is the one that will tip the scales in either direction for Edu. And uh, and hopefully from the links that we're seeing, we're off to a good start. But it's about actions, not words. So we will wait and see. Anyway, as Alex Mills says, it's going to be a long, hard season. Um, we need to wake up and uh, hopefully we can see some positive things happening this summer and set us up in a really good way for the summer as well. I'm going to leave things off there, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a volatile show, as I thought it was going to be. Some mad opinions, some mad views. Um, but at the end of the day, we come out on the other side all as Arsenal fans, as always. Uh, I look forward to bringing you guys the show uh, tomorrow, I'll probably be doing another show this afternoon should any big news drop as well. There will be a podcast on Monday, but we're going to be doing these 8 a.m. shows, as you know, every single day. If we get linked to any new targets, we're making sure to break them down with a tactical breakdown show. Drop a like on the video, guys, if you've enjoyed it. And even if you haven't, but you've enjoyed the discussion anyway, please do drop a like as well. I've been going for over 50 minutes. It's been the longest 8 a.m. show ever. I know I'm about to start work. So uh, let's push through. I might pro I'm probably going to get an article out on Saliba this morning, so I'll make sure to tweet that out from uh, at Laguna Talk TV. So make sure you drop a like on the video. Uh, and of course, give uh, the article a read when I manage to write it up. So we'll see how that goes down. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys, as always. I'll see you this afternoon. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, up the arse.
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.